Hi, Maddie. I had to get a sip of my coffee there. Hi, Erin. What are you do- doing drinking coffee past 5 p.m.? It's 5.37. Yeah, past 5 p.m. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my brain hurts today. It, this is why I need the coffee, so I can be rejuvenated, so that I actually know what time it is. Okay, I fully expect lots of energy from you. Woo! Okay, that was pathetic, but we'll... Oh, but they can't see my arms. They're up. Yeah, I was she's like a starting the child. YMCA. No, I was like a little child that wants to be lifted. <laughs> Mom! Mom, lift me up! It's fair. Anyway, welcome everyone to our podcast. Ah, yes. This it's is... called Barely Literate, because we're barely literate. Yes, as you can fully tell, it's accurate. Um, what are we talking about today, though? Um, we have two of the Goodreads Choice Award books for sci-fi from the year 2021, correct? Yeah. It is 2021. I was just trying to get some banter back. <laughs> I, I did think it was 2021, but I didn't really have a hard time getting a hold of the books and like from the library. And usually that's not true for um, books that are newer. So it made me question myself, but I guess my library is just great. I guess that just means these books aren't that good. <laughs> oh, Maddie coming in swinging right off the bat. No, I'm kidding. Um, you'll have to wait to hear my opinions. But the winner of the Goodreads Choice Awards is what book, Erin? It was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Is it Weir? I thought it was Weir. <laughs> I, I just, I just, oh goodness, I don't know. This is the author name we're going to struggle with, huh? Yeah, it is. Is it not the next one? No. Not the next one. This is the one. Okay. Anyway, following that up, uh, the runner-up is Clara and the Sun by Kazu Ishiguru. Yeah. I, I, I think that's easier than Andy Weir or Weir. I mean, yeah, it flo- it's definitely cooler by far. It flows. What a great name. Yeah, that is a great name. Um, Andy Weir is less cool, but yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. Don't come at us. So, yes, Clara and the Sun was the runner-up. Um, it is about Clara, weirdly enough, who is an artificial friend. Um, she spends most of her time utilizing her amazing observational skills to carefully watch the changes outside the store she's in. And she pays particular attention to the people on the street and those who come in to browse. Every day, she's hopeful a customer will choose her. And when the possibility starts to emerge, Clara is warned to not get too invested in the promises of humans. So parents in this like dystopian society buy the artificial friends so that they can help their kids navigate like life and give them like a social friend, basically. Yes, yes. That is what artificial friends are used for. Um, And so Clara ends up being the artificial friend to a child named Josie. Um, And it's pretty clear right off the bat that Josie has some health issues going on. So Clara was picked to be the artificial friend um, for a lot of reasons, one of which has to do with her observational skills and trying to, she needed to be extra cognizant of changes in Josie's behavior just in case anything was to go wrong due to her sickness. So it just kind of follows their relationship, Clara's relationship with Josie's uh, friends and parents and housekeeper and kind of the progression as Josie 
gets older and um, deals with her sickness. Yeah. Oh, another part, the sun in Clara and the sun, um, she refers to it as like an entity, like a living entity. And which makes sense because she's solar powered. And so that's the sun part. That's why it's Clara and the sun. She personifies the sun as a he. So like he helps heal these people. And like throughout it, she's trying to get. Yes. Um, yeah. And she personifies a lot of things, which I thought was, you could tell her like, you know, childlike newness and naivete and not really, you could tell she's not human. Um, there's also like the coatings machine that she sees outside the storefront that is like polluting the air and making it harmful for the sun to provide her with energy. So that was kind of cool. She talks about the like beggar man and his dog and she doesn't know that like, you know, he's a homeless person um, and that his dog is, you know, probably starving. But yeah, Aaron and I talked about like, you know, main characters, Josie, Josie's parents. Uh, there is a neighbor boy named Rick and... One thing in this dystopian novel is the fact that some kids are genetically engineered to increase their like academic ability. And this is called being lifted. And so Josie had this done, but uh, the neighbor boy, Rick, did not have it done. But Josie and Rick have always known that they're like destined for each other. And so that kind of creates like some conflict in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it brought up some interesting discussions on, I don't want to say like genetic modification, but the idea of changing your, your child to be just more gifted and, you know, other people, how people react to that and how people react to, to parents choosing not to do that for their child. Yeah. Which brings up the point. It's, it's your child and you're making that decision for them and they can't make it for themselves, you know, cause they're under the age of 18 so I just mm-hmm. yeah because we the heebie-jeebies why why couldn't they wait till they were 18 to be genetically lifted like why does it have to be young I don't know maybe the science didn't work past then maybe I'm assu- yes I'm, insu- I'm assuming yeah. that's what it is but I don't know I- I'm saying it gives me the heebie-jeebies because I wouldn't want to like make that decision for a child and if I was in a position where like it was being made for me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I'd react. I know. And like, it's so that's, that's a conversation I really liked because, you know, at some point it got to the point in the society where it put the child at a disadvantage if they didn't mm-hmm. get lifted. And so. Yeah. Rick faces some discrimination. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Yeah. 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 Ricky is not treated super great. Also, wealth is important in that, too. So you have to pay to get your kid lifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just brought up some thought-provoking, like, class issues, um, consent issues, doing things when they're, like, children and can't let them make the decision themselves. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts that they talked about is those kind of issues. I also really liked Clara's outside viewpoint of humanity. Because there are a couple parts in the book where like the humans would do something that was a little, it was meant to elicit an emotional response from the reader. But Clara being an artificial friend and like not human, she would have a much different response than like the reader. So she'd be very practical or she wouldn't knee jerk emotion one way or the other. 
So I thought that was really interesting having like reading the book through her lens. Her perspective. Yeah. I'd agree with that. That was one of the, I guess the parts, the novel that really set it aside was getting to hear her viewpoint. And she's very, I mean, she's optimistic, but you also, as things progress in the book, you know, she adapts to her changing surroundings and obviously learns more about humanity and kind of melds a bit into that. But yeah. Mm -hmm. I also thought this book was very good at like bringing up conversations because I feel like it also brought up conversation of an artificial friend. Like, is she like, what kind of rights does she have? Or not even like, it didn't bring up the rights conversation, but more like, how do you treat an artificial friend who looks human, but isn't? Um, Like there was one scene where a bunch of kids were with Josie and like, they would be really like, physically aggressive with Clara or not talk to her directly or asking Josie's permission to interact with Clara um and so I thought it was very interesting I mean that's what I do with you and we're with our other friends what I was trying to lighten it up the conversation is too deep I know (laughs) this was a thinker book though Eh. it felt too deep and too shallow at the same time yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was actually pretty simple. Like, that's one thing I wrote down. Mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, it was simple but complex. Yeah. What did you think of, what did you think of the sun symbolism? Or, like, her relationship with the sun? Um, I think it was interesting how, even with, like, an artificial friend and somebody who isn't brought up in a society where most people have a religious figurehead that she kind of created one almost which for her I think it was necessary because it like gave her hope hope for like Josie's recovery hope for herself too helped her when she didn't think that she was going to be picked at the toy store she was sitting there on the shelf for a while um same you say same (laughs) yeah yeah when you were an egg and your mom, yeah. Yeah. Just sitting on the shelf. Be like, I wonder if the sperm's gonna pick me today. Does the egg pick the sperm or does the sperm pick the egg? Hmm. Oh god, this is turning into a biology list. I don't know. Anyway, just food for thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the sun personification was really interesting, but also maybe a little too optimistic at times I agree. Clara what the fuck life isn't that great <laughs> I wouldn't even say Clara I'd say Ishiguru I yes because are you thinking of like the one specific thing that happened where the sun is I feel like there was like multiple instances where Clara was putting her hope in the sun and then good things would immediately happen after and there was multiple times and so I just didn't think I don't know. I thought it was an interesting choice by the author to do that, especially when the relationship he made Clara and his son have. I agree with you. And I didn't expect it. Like the good things that were happening, it kind of like caught me off guard because I've read like his other books, like Never Let Me Go. Mm -hmm. And this was a lot more, this was like a more uplifting book than that, I want to say. Yeah, I'd say this book was generally on the happier, optimistic side. And I kind of wish it wasn't, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. 
feel like that's um, a new one. Saying a book is too happy. I, I don't think it was too happy, though. Like, start to finish based off of... Well, because we have the other book that we're going to be reading, and I... Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe not too happy, but I feel like there was a direction the book should have gone, and that made sense, and the author went a different way, and so it bothered me. Because I feel like it could have had some interesting conversations. You know what's funny, though, is mm. how the sun is kind of related to our other book. <laughs> that is funny. We got a little solar theme happening. We, we do have a solar theme and like how the sun is super important, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, we need to worship her. And the sun is definitely a her. Oh, yeah. I don't care what Clara says. It's like how God's a woman. Yeah. If there was a God, it'd be a woman. It'd be a black woman. We, we had this conversation with the first book we read for the podcast. That they're never going to hear about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Back to the, to the book. Oh. Yeah. Um, what were your th- thoughts and opinions and feelings? And did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Do you enjoy your cat's butthole on camera? <laughs> it's been on so much. I know. <laughs> like, Selva, get your butthole out of here. <laughs> no. I mean, now she just sat on the keyboard. <laughs> okay. General thoughts. I mean, I liked it. But there wasn't, I I want to say I was expecting a bit more from him, but it was a nice book to read. It was relatively simple for like dystopian sci-fi books. But yeah, I don't know. It, there was just some aspect where I was expecting a bit more and I wasn't getting it. That's exactly how I felt. I felt it was fine. I read the story, none not of my opinions didn't make me like, like this book was like meant to make you like think, and I feel like it didn't, like there wasn't. I agree. I feel like this book was written for like maybe a 15 year old level. Yeah, like maybe being introduced English to class the first time. Yeah. yeah, like an English class book where they're sitting, where like 15 year olds are like sitting and talking about all these different concepts, because like. The, the takeaways and the themes are really interesting, but I don't think they were... They weren't done in a unique, new, thought-provoking way. Yeah, yeah. And with that said, I don't... We're not in the minority of thinking this. Like, the book only has 3.77 stars. Yeah. And I was going through, like, a couple of reviews, and, and not a lot of people were rating it, like, super highly. And they expected more from him based off his other books. I'd highly recommend Never Let Me Go. That was, that was very good. I'll have to read that one. This is my first um, Ishiguro novel. And so maybe I started with the wrong, maybe I started with the right one. Yeah, maybe you did. Like the light one. Yeah, the light one. And then go a little heavier. I don't want to say like the worst one, but the one that has like disappointed more people to the one that people really like. I will say though, I never rated Never Let Me Go. I thought that, so I just checked on Goodreads. <laughs> I was so I was so conflicted. So <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But like that one made me think a lot more than this book. Which I mean, some people don't want to think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I feel like if someone's gonna bring up topics such as these, I wanna I wanna think about them. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I will say that I, I liked how Josie was not a perfect child. Oh, I yeah. feel like sometimes books go too 
they either go too much one way or the other like a hell child or like a perfect child and she like no, she made mistakes and she was kind of mean to Clara sometimes, but like she was really nice to Clara other times. And like, yeah, I felt like her interactions were very like age appropriate. And she was still like figuring herself out. Yeah, she's so. a normal kid, which we don't see in books that often. Yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised if uh, Ishiguro had like a young daughter or young child. Well, he also never let me go as kids, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not it's be like, surprised if he had kids yeah. in his life. Or, like, maybe he studied kids at some point, you know? Maybe he also lived next to a school. Maybe. Stop. That makes me sound like a creep. (laughs) (laughs) Our our 10 podcast listeners are going to, like, Google homes near schools to try to find me. (laughs) And then your mom will just comment. She's here. She lives at yada, yada, yada. Mom, stop. (laughs) I don't even think she knows my address by heart or anything. She'd have to like ask my dad to look on Amazon. Mm. I know. I got to text. I just moved listeners. I have to text my parents my new address. I don't know it yet. You have to text me your new address too. So I can send you my Christmas card. Cause I want to be really funny. I was thinking about doing a prank one, just like ugly selfies of me or something like that. Maybe you could just do a compilation of Selva's butthole or something. That'd be great. Maybe I'll, we'll get like fully nude outfits that make us look like we're naked, but we're not. That's good. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> I won't be giving those to the kids at the school. I wasn't even thinking about that, but thanks. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. But uh, back to this this book. Um, I will share a little snippet because in looking into both these books, I saw that Bill Gates had read both of them, the books we have to talk about today. He wrote a review for this one. He didn't write a review for the other one, but he, Bill Gates gave this book four stars. He said, I love a good robot story. And Ishiguro's novel about an artificial friend to a sick young girl is no exception. Although it takes place in a dystopian future, the robots aren't a force for evil. (laughs) Instead, they serve as companions to keep people company. This book made me think about what life with super intelligent robots might look like and whether we'll treat these kinds of machines as pieces of technology or as something more. I like the last statement. Yeah, I like it too. So he gave up four stars. What are you rating it? Um, 3.5. Okay, I rated it three stars. And I put a question mark after it because it was a little (laughs) tough. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm happy with three stars. Do you have any recommendations on where someone should go after this? What they should read, watch, listen to, if they liked Claire in the Sun? I'd recommend his other novel because I think it's even better. Um, it's almost like The Giver, kind of. Um, <laughs> I was thinking of The Giving Tree. I was like, Maddie, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, The Giver. Yeah, Which yeah. I, our listeners don't know this, but my mom will know this and my grandma will know this. But I read The Giver as a, I think a nine or 10 year old. And it scarred me emotionally. to the fact that I couldn't stop crying. And I like finished it probably at like, maybe like 10 PM. And it was while I was on vacation at my grandma's in Florida because we'd go to the library when I got there and I'd pick up like 10 books and like read them while I was there. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then my parents were like, or my grandma and my mom were like, oh my God, I have to read this book. 
I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what the giver is about. Oh, it's dystopian world. And there's like, um, they are against anybody with any form of like disability or anything. And they like kill them to create like a perfect society, basically. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. No wonder. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And it was subtle. Like they don't, they don't tell you very much. It's like, like at the end of the book, they're like traveling and it's, oh, it's all happy and great. But in reality, they're in heaven. You know, (laughs) it's great. You know, the author's like symbolism, but. I'll have to read that one day when I'm, when I feel like being destroyed by a children's book. Oh, I don't think it would destroy me now. Like, yeah. So. (laughs) Do your worst author. I don't think it's for like a 10 year old, maybe like a 15 year old. I think Mm. I just read it too young. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> Clara um, the Sun did not destroy me. <laughs> no, um, I actually have a movie recommendation if someone needs somewhere to go after this because that similar vibes. Um, have you heard of Gattaca? No. Um, it's a 1997 uh, sci-fi film. It's about, I think, genetically enhanced. Like you're able to genetically enhance people. It's like so. Gattaca is like the four letters of dna like g-a-t-c um like that's the words and so like this dude wants to be i know this dude wants to be a astronaut like that's his whole life's goal but he has um i think like a genetic defect or something and so they won't let him and so he like tries to switch places with a guy who doesn't Mm -hmm. um in order to like try and get to into space so that's cool. And when did you watch that? Um, my high school biology class. Okay. I was like, that's an odd film to randomly stumble upon. <laughs> I know. I know. I agree. Um, I really liked it though. So it's got the same vibes of like talking about futuristic sci-fi conversations. So I recommend that if you need somewhere else to go besides Mr. Ishiguru. Yeah, that sounds really good. I have to listen to that. Oh. But yeah, do you want to tell us about the winner? The winner. Yeah, the our winner, next winner, book. Chicken dinner. Yeah, hey, by Mr. Weir. Weir. God, we're going to need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, so Project Hail Mary. We have Rylan Grace, and he is the only survivor on a mission to save planet Earth. He wakes up in a spaceship. He has no recollection of who he is or where he is, which, I mean, you can kind of look outside and see where you're at. <laughs> I'm in space. <laughs> Um, and he's also surrounded by two of his dead crew members, and that's all he has to keep him company. I like how I say surrounded, like there's so many people on the ship. Nope, They're on top two. of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just two dead crew members. Um, as his memory starts to come back, he realizes he must solve an extin- extinction level threat to our species. And that threat, to kind of sum that up, is there's a microorganism that is eating stars in the solar system, in particular the solar system of Tau Ceti, and Earth has 30 years until it enters an ice age, in which case the sun is no longer providing enough energy for anything to survive. And so Rylan Grace, a junior high school teacher, must save Earth from this tiny organism. It's called astrophage. And astrophage has made its way to our sun. Yes, Uh Yeah, I think I said the sun. Did I not? There's so many suns, though. I guess there's one sun, but there's a lot of stars. Lot of stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. 
See, I don't, see our brains are back. <laughs> our brains are here. Yeah. Oh. I just can't remember what language exactly you used. And since this is such a scientific book, we got to It is such a scientific Scientific book. language. We yeah. got to put our big brains on. Big um, brain. Grace is a former molecular biologist. And he wrote a paper on how he believed that organisms could exist without water. And that's what they originally thought was happening with this microorganism. So he's actually the first person that gets to study the sample of astrophage. Important point, we are also slowly being debriefed on what was happening on Earth before he ended up in space. And we're kind of following along his like memory as he begins to like remember what was happening for him. We're also reading that. Yes, because he he was in a coma for a very, very long time. Um, and I don't know if you, I can't remember if you mentioned it, but once he woke up, he had amnesia to the point where did, he like, yeah. yeah, he couldn't remember his name, couldn't remember his crew members' names, couldn't remember why he was there. He could remember all the science stuff, though. He was able to perform experiments to figure out how much gravity there was. Well, he still had all of his like brain abilities, but he just couldn't remember like specifics. Yeah. Like he didn't revert to like a 10-year-old brain. He had the same brain, but just didn't remember what happened, mm-hmm. which I think that's what would, what would happen if anyone was put in this situation. Like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the book was heavy, heavy on the science. Yeah, it was heavy on the science throughout the entire book, too. It wasn't yes. just like you learn about the astrophage and what they were doing, and then we moved on. It was heavy science throughout it was all really cool science I really liked the science oh I I loved it but it I mean it was you're like walking through the problems as they arise with grace and you're following like his plan experimental plan and how to fix them Mm -hmm. and I do think Andy we're gonna call him Andy because we can't agree on his last name (laughs) Andy he did make that part of it very accessible like he explains everything Mm-hmm. And like, I appreciate it. You appreciate it. We're chemis. I especially appreciate it because like a lot of the stuff is like R&D and I worked in R&D for a bit and like, I know all the lab equipment they're talking about, which is cool. And I know what it mm-hmm. does. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great book for nerds. I mean, that's, that's bottom line. My, yeah. my, my, my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't even realize that it was so heavy into R&D. I was, um, I was nerding out a little bit for the, the microbiology and the biochem stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of different because there's also like space science and stuff. Yep. Um, so like I feel like if you're a science nerd, there's a little bit of specific science for everyone. It doesn't like specifically and if you're not a science person, I think there's, you know, other things besides science. But I feel like sci-fi brings in science people. And so if you are a science nerd with a particular niche of science, I think you'll be you'll find it. Yeah, I'd agree. Um with that. I will say the flashback's really helpful because that kind of gave you a break in some instances, because sometimes mm-hmm. it is some of the like the pre-science work before they left or before the launch date. But there was also a bunch of political things happening, which I thought that was like some of, some of my favorite stuff too, that you get to see how the world is banding together to solve this problem. And yeah, I just thought that was super cool. How how do you think about that? Because like uh, Mr. Andy kind of portrayed the world as we're all going to take a step back on our egos and pitch in everything we have in order to solve this problem. And we're going to elect one person with total immunity for all countries to like lead this brigade. Do you think that's what would happen? I don't know about the one person, but I do think if there's a situation where we have 30 years to fix the problem and the world is not banding together, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, well, yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously, we all hope that this is kind of what would happen. I think I, I like when I was taking notes, I wrote in here that, oh yeah, yeah. I was talking about like, it, it is like a good thing because it does show that we like have the potential to, you know, band together and solve the problem. And I think that's something we need, especially right now with wh- where our world is currently at, which I thought was mm-hmm. good. So, I mean, I want to say this is exactly what would happen, but you know, you never know. But I think, I think something that might happen is maybe like a couple countries would get like left in the dust if they don't want to band together, but also some of our biggest superpowers in terms of like capabilities to save the world are like Russia and China. And we haven't always had the best track record with working with them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I know. I, I personally thought it was a very optimistic view, like a very optimistic view. I, I think if something were to personally, if something like this were to happen on our actual planet, I don't think it would run this smoothly, but I think for the book, I think it needed to. And I think it also, yes, like you were saying, like our current events, I think this book did put the hope into the mind of like people reading it as in, you know, I think one day, probably soon, we're going to need to have like a global people, global union to fix a problem. (laughs) Climate change. (laughs) Climate change. I don't need to cough that one out. That one's just straight up. (laughs) Exactly. I think there's going to be a global problem that we all need to fix. And I think it was, yeah, I just think it was, you know, very optimistic and very, not enlightening, but very, maybe hopeful is the right word. It was very hopeful to see what could happen and how productive the world could be if like everyone worked together for a common problem, especially, you know, when we're facing climate change and like other things that like, yeah, we might potentially need to do that in like the near future. So I think it was, it, 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 it was just, it was nice. I would have gotten very sad if it would have given a picture of what would have happened. If my brain had spouted out what I think would happen, it would have been a lot less happy. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we needed Andy, though. Yeah, I agree. Part of me thinks, because the book is rated very high. It's like 4.52 stars. I think part of that is because people who read it are like, oh, this is what I, this is how I would want things to play out if this were to happen. And because it does, it does hit home a little bit. Like there are, you know, especially since we've been like out of a pandemic, like we know that like things like this are very plausible Mm -hmm. in situations where we need to band together. So, and I also feel like, it was written in a way, which we'll, we'll get into like the way it was written too, I'm sure, because I know we both have some opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is written in a way where the reader feels like they are also solving the problem. And I think that's cool that you're, you, you're giving them, you know, the opportunity to do that. And that's something that we don't always feel like we have, especially in like today's day and age. It's like, well, are we actually having an impact? And with this book, you feel like, you're like, oh, I'm solving the problem along with like Ryland Grace. Yeah. Which was yeah. cool. Especially such a noble cause too, like saving humanity. Like everyone wants to be like the hero, you know, and like we're, you know, sitting in the hero seat with him. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say from what I know about like Andy and his writing style is every book he writes is very like optimistic. Um, Like, you know, that like in the end, everything's going to be good. So, Mm -hmm. which I I mean, I I I have nothing wrong with that. Yeah. (laughs) Should we talk about the, you want, you want to talk about the, the writing style a bit? The writing style? Yeah. I can talk about the writing style. Um, I hated the writing style. <laughs> I absolutely despised it. I had a, you know, Maddie and I have like a, like a little rule that we're like, save all of our thoughts for the pod, you know, save it for here. 
But no, I had to talk to her early on because this book, I got, I was like a third of the way in when I was talking to Maddie. And I have never had such a five-star prediction as I did this book. Like it had such high ratings. Everyone and their mom loved it. I wasn't hearing anyone say anything bad about it. And then I start reading and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's sounding like a tween's Tumblr or a Wattpad story. Like it is so childish and I, I couldn't stand it. Oh my God. The humor in it was so childish. I, I, I uh, yeah, I knew after the first three pages, I was not going to give this five stars. That's fair. And it was so, I've, I've never been so crushed. I've never been, my expectations were so high and no one was mentioning it. I had to go out of my way to Google. Yeah. I, I, it's a me problem. It has 4.52. Obviously this is a me problem. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, but things like that don't affect me to the level that they affect you, which I, we've had this conversation, but yeah. um, I, I, I agree. It is the Rylan Grace is very, he's like a 16 year old boy. Yeah. It's I think very... someone, someone said to him at one point, like, you just want to be the hero to your eighth grade students. And like, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. Like, if this is how someone talked to eighth grade like boys, I think they would have been massively liked. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it is, it's it's like a young adult character who's not a young adult character. But I, I I haven't read The Martian, which is, if people don't know, which, I mean, you're living under a rock if you don't know, is mm-hmm. Andy's like first, his debut novel, which was super popular, made into a movie. The movie won like Academy Awards. Like if you don't know, then you're just, okay. But I think from what I've heard, is it's a similar character type except for that character just swears like the whole book oh that makes so sense. It's, it's it's like the same thing where you're alone and you're talking to yourself mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the vibe of the book where he's you know in a spaceship alone because i wasn't so i didn't notice as much when we were getting the flashbacks when he wasn't just by himself it didn't to me feel like as much of like a young adult character so maybe he just has like the the mentality and mentally he's 15 (laughs) maybe i i will say after probably about like two two chapters after the point of where i called you at it got better i would say that the writing style got more tolerable after about like the one third mark um and it calmed down a bit on because like the first like three pages was bad yeah yeah it was bad i i don't know if like he tries too hard to be relatable because he's trying to like take topics like scientific science and engineering topics. And I don't want to say like, yeah, dumb them down a bit so Mm -hmm. that other people besides like scientists can read it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's just like trying a bit too hard there. I'm, I'm sure some people find the character endearing. I just, yeah, I didn't. I I mean, 4.52, they have to, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of, I will say one of my like friends here, it was so funny because he, was currently reading it as of Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was like, oh, so what do you think about? He's like, oh my God, it's like obnoxious. So. Okay, I, he agreed. I think, I think a lot of people do do agree to that. I just, I wasn't expecting it because, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about books. I like read a lot of like reviews and stuff. And like, I had to go out of my right way to see if I was crazy. Like I Googled Project Hail Mary writing style. Like what the fuck? And like, hmm. yes, that's like, I found like Reddit threads. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? Like, okay yeah I mean I I, I think it's op- pretty obvious I mean it didn't like I said we're, we're, we're different and it didn't bother me as much 
Mm-hmm. Definitely not something I, you know, enjoyed. I mean, it's not the only reason I wouldn't have given the book five stars, but it definitely, I would say, played a role, but it's not something I would dock like by itself, like a full star. I would, if, if, it, if that was the only reason, I would have docked like a half star for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but. If it was throughout the entire book, like if it didn't get better after the one third, maybe even two stars. Like it was, it was like dock it two stars. <laughs> A star and a half it would have it was ruining it but yeah but like for me though like there were so many other things happening that were good so it for me yeah I just, I just don't agree but yeah no yeah yeah and I get it it was just like you just you know writing style is something you just can't get away from that is I couldn't very go true. I couldn't go a page without doing it and so it was just like constantly in my face for the first like third of the book of like mm-hmm. I, like yeah. I could like the plot phenomenal science is great like I really like the character development I like the reveals I liked what was happening but what is it called when it's like first person like first person omniscient or something uh first person omniscient but it wasn't though I know it wasn't but at times it felt like it was I don't know if that makes any sense to you like he was talking it almost sometimes felt like he was talking to us when he was alone and I think that's a bit where like the writing style was trying to kind of accomplish something like that, where you felt really in tune with him and he was in tune with himself just being alone. Mm-hmm. But yes, very, very, you know, cliche. So yeah, it did get better though. So I would say if anyone's at the one third mark and they're liking everything but the writing style, push through because it does get a lot better. I don't know if you found that at all or if you didn't even, if you like barely noticed, if it didn't bother you that much, then maybe you didn't notice a shift, but I feel like it calmed down. It wasn't 100%, but it calmed down. I don't know if it was, so I don't know if this makes sense, but I don't know if it was a me getting used to it or a me noticing a shift. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, yeah, like it was different, but. Mm-hmm. I will say, well, we did say we liked, I guess, the nerdy sciencey bit. I know some people did say it was like too much, like the scientific details that were being put in was a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do agree to an extent. I mean, I enjoyed it, but also every little thing that he did, you were given like the background on on the science of to the point yeah. where it became a bit like much. It's like, okay, I don't need to know. <laughs> Let, let's Let's get to it. Or, I mean, that could have just been, like, I mean, with the plot, there was, like, a couple points. It wasn't, like, in my opinion, like, bad at all, but there was a couple things that I was, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say this, the amount of science actually didn't bother me, or, like, how frequently it came up. Except for, the only part was, like, he was doing, he didn't, you know, when he woke up, he didn't know he was on a spaceship at first. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, as the reader, we read the synopsis, and so we knew he was on a spaceship, you know? And he spent so long trying to figure it out, and I was, like... I was like, dude, you're on a spaceship. Like, we don't. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I think that was actually like a good introduction to how the book was going to be written in the way that, you know, he's going yeah. through and problem solving. I don't yeah. know. I feel like it was it was a nice light introduction because it's like gravity. Like, what's the gravity right outside? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I didn't mind the science stuff, but I know, I know certain people could not read this book. They would hate it. Like, yeah. Blatantly, which yeah. I'm shocked by the 4.52 stars in that sense. I was, I was thinking about it because my mom would fucking hate this book. Sorry. sorry oh, sorry. I'm sure. Yeah. She would like, she would like everything that it's trying to do. But if you just got rid of all of that, like insane problem solving science nerdy stuff. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> which, which is like 80% of the book. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no you I think you would know pretty soon if you're if this book is up your alley yeah um science wise part of me though is like I don't know what people's expectations are when they pick up a science fiction book are they expecting this sci-fi or are they expecting clear in the sun sci-fi you know Mm -hmm. Because those are very different things. Like we did not get any science explanations in Claire and the Sun. And in this book, we did not get any uh, moral, ethical topics that were like hard to deal with. I don't think. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't trying to start any conversations. It was kind of, he wrote it in a way where he thought everybody was on the same page, basically, I think, in terms of the ethical things that were brought up. Yes. Yes. Which I mean, I liked because like I agreed with everything. Yeah. Like I was so happy that they were like really going like the climate change mm-hmm. scientists. Yeah, I love that. That was like one of my favorites. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is so cool. Strat was just like a powerhouse. I feel like she we was. should have mentioned her, but she's like the she's the one in charge of everything back on Earth and and you know in space technically. Yes, she was the one, you know, all the countries in the world got into a meeting and elected her the person in charge of fixing this problem. And she has complete immunity everywhere. Yeah, she was kind of a badass. Kind of loved her. Yeah, she's great. She made the hard decisions that had to be made and she made them quickly. Yeah. And the book has a ton of other really important like figureheads that were super interesting. There was like a ton of names though at one point, but I thought it was cool seeing like all the people that were instrumental in making it happen. Yeah. And I like to see how it was all like different countries and backgrounds. Like we were saying before, like everyone was coming together, doing experiments and like sharing their data with the scientific community and like the people working to fix this problem. Yeah. I will say, oh, um, in the synopsis, there is the last line is like a big, you know, the big spoiler. Yeah. (laughs) That he's got to do it all alone or does he? I know it's, it's hard though. Cause I think that sentence comes in play at like the one third mark and so like we can't really talk about anything that's past like the one third oh, yeah. mark yeah can't talk about oh, oh it was a very good like feel good book which yeah most people expect from him you know what i hate though i i used to do this back in high school but i read the last sentence of the book like when i was at, at like the one third mark and i read it and i spoiled it for myself i've been doing that i need to stop I only do that with books well, I used to. I can't remember when I did this book, but it's like when I start to get like invested. I'm like, mm. I'm like, I'm just gonna, it never spoils anything. The last page never spoils anything. It did. That's the nice thing about reading with a Kindle though, because I don't do it. It's way too much to do it. Yeah. Same with an audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do like, it. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. like for, yeah, for this one. Cause I, yeah. Cause you can't get the audiobook for, for this one. So, yeah. Unless you're audible. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. What are, what are your like overall thoughts for this? I have very <laughs> conflicting thoughts. You Cause always like, do. I know. I know. <laughs> can't you I, just like something for once in your damn life? <laughs> okay. The first third of the book, two stars and did not like it. The last two thirds of the book, it was being like like a four, like a solid four, maybe even a four and a half at times when it was getting intense. Yeah. And so I think I settled at like a 3.5 as a, as a rating because I just, I couldn't feel good about giving it a four. Like I really, like, I really wanted to give it a four because I was so far removed by the end from like the first third. But I just remembered that I was literally ranting to you about it. And I was like, how can I give a book that I was ranting to you about a four star? That's crazy. When I had such strong feeling. So I, I, in general, I really liked it. In general, it was really good. I can see why the community I, really liked it. How did you like it? Did you? Did you dislike it? I, what do you think? I think you liked what it. What did you think? What? I think you liked it. If I had to guess, I'd say you gave it a four. 
I did give it a four. I feel like we're consistent. I'm consistently half a star below you. Yeah. <laughs> but give me some thoughts. You're just sitting there. I want to. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I really liked it. It was very different from like anything I've read. It wasn't what I was expecting at all either. Like for a sci-fi book mm-hmm. and it, you know, the nerd part was great. <laughs> yeah. I it fed that. the inner nerd. So I really it did. It. And it like had like good action and good characters. It was feel good. I mean, yeah, the only, like, I didn't give it five stars because like, I agree with the writing style and, and that at some points it got to the point where it kind of felt a little repetitive, but it was only like one plot line that I thought was maybe unnecessary, like one subplot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I I think part of it was too, where some, he was also at that point explaining something like one of the sciences behind like the astrophage microorganism. And I was sitting there like, I thought we already like talked about all of this. Like, I don't really see the need for this. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, we, sci-fi is hard. So you have to like say things enough to like people get it for mm-hmm. like the rest of the book. But like say things too much is like, bro, you know, come on. Yeah. But yeah, there's only one part for that, which I'm sure like some people probably didn't even notice. But I, I have to say, so because Bill Gates also read this book, <clears throat> Bill Gates did not rate it, but he added it. And Bill Gates said, like most people, I was first introduced to Ware, or Weir, (laughs) Weir's writing, through The Martian. His latest novel is a wild tale about a high school... Why is he, like, retelling us what this book is about with all of his reviews? I don't know. His latest novel is a... Is he mansplaining? He's mansplaining. (laughs) His latest novel is a wild tale about a high school science teacher who wakes up in a different star system with no memory of how he got there. The rest of the story is all about how he uses science and engineering to save the day. It's a fun read and I finished the whole thing in one weekend. Okay, no need to brag, Bill Gates. No need to brag. Yeah, come on. But yeah, I liked it. Oh, wh- which book do we prefer? Get, wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, again, I think I have to agree with the general consensus. I did like Project Hail Mary better. I think it deserved the win. I, I agree too. I mean, they're both very different once again. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought Clara and the Sun was a more low stakes book and this was a higher stakes and it did better. That's my opinion. So I think therefore it deserves to win. Yeah. Yeah. It brought in more of the science. It brought in the action. It brought in. It took more risks. It took more risks for sure. I think the tones were pretty similar, like happiness level, optimism, like that was good, but Andy pulled it off. And I, I don't think it deserves the 4.52, but I do think it deserves the win out of these two for the 2021 Goodreads Choice Awards for sci-fi. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, We'll see you next week. Love you guys as friends. Love you as lovers. Bye.